Hi, you're listening to Sergeant Dorsey Speaks podcast produced by the Get Global Network. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. I wanted to start off because I had become friends with a young man here on Facebook and I did a story about, uh, I did a call to action actually uh, some weeks ago about his story and many of you probably have seen it when it went viral on um, the Facebook feed. His name is Daquan Dean and real quickly Daquan Dean was um, at his apartment complex working on his car or something and a uh, what looked like a police officer approached him and, and just really quickly accused him of, um, hold on one second. Somebody's trying to get on. I, I see you, Charles Harper. I don't know if I was able to bring you on or not, but if you can come on, do. Um, Daquan Dean was in his apartment complex and a gentleman wearing a uniform that looked like he could be a police officer. He had a big old vest on that said police across the front of it, approached him and accused him of um, trespassing or loitering or something and demanded his ID. And so when Daquan Dean didn't provide his ID because he's like, dude, I live here. What's up? Uh, this gentleman by the name of James Reynolds, uh, continued to give him a hard time and demand that he provide his identification. And so, uh, what ultimately happened is that James Reynolds was not the police. He just wanted to pretend that he was. James Reynolds was a reserve officer on some police department, but he had a security company. Reynolds Security Consultants or something. And this was in Indianapolis. He had a security company and he was, I don't know if he was hired to work security there or if he just made himself the police that day. But nonetheless, when he didn't get compliance from Mr. Dean because he was not required to provide any ID, uh, James Reynolds called the real police, his buddy, uh, Sergeant Robert Patterson of Southport Police. So James calls up Robert Patterson, who comes over, and he is the police, and so he starts right in, and there's a link that um, I will share with you that speaks to what happened in that interaction. So Sergeant Patterson demands identification of uh, Daquan, and of course, he doesn't have a problem presenting ID because he is the real police. And then you know what they did, right? You know they arrested Daquan for interfering and for not providing his ID to the pretend cop. So fast forward, I've been in touch with Daquan trying to find out what's the status of his case because, you know, I understand that it was probably going to be thrown out. And of course, the charges were dropped. Now, Daquan, when you listen to this, be sure to make, be sure to inquire as to whether or not the charge has been removed because you know, there was a gentleman here in, in, in L.A. some years ago who was arrested on his way to an award show, Emmys, Grammys, Oscars, something, a black man. And he was stopped because he fit the description and he found out uh, he was a producer or something. And he found out because he had the means that even though they falsely arrested him and charged him with um, or detained him for a robbery, that that robbery detention remained on his record. And he thought that that was outrageous, that he would not be able to to have the charge removed without having to incur some kind of uh, fi um, expense. Uh, it, the onus was on him 
to get this off of his record, even though he had been falsely arrested. And so he started this whole petition about um, uncheck the box or drop the box or something. And so, Daquan, um, you should not have that on your record as some kind of arrest, detention, whatever, because the charges were dropped. And so understand this, Indiana, Indianapolis folks, family, that there it is law that if the police stop you and they believe, they believe, all they have to do is believe. And how subjective is that? If they stop you and they believe that you are uh, have committed a crime. OK, Charles, I see you. Let me see. If I can get you on, ooh, it disappeared. Um, I see you trying to join, and I'm trying to get you, my brother. Hold on. We'll figure this out together. Uh, in Indiana, law says if the police believe you committed a crime, then they get to ask you for your ID. And so understand, if they believe it, that that is a whole lot of stuff, right? I can believe anything, and it's very difficult for you to argue with me when I tell you that that's what I believe. So nonetheless, the charges have been dropped. Now, Mr. Reynolds, James Reynolds, because he was a reserve for this other police department, they had no problem letting him go. They fired him right away. But what I want to know is, and what I'd like for you to help me with, family, is figuring out what did Chief Tom Vaughn over at Southport Police, what did he do about little Sergeant Robert Patterson, who was very nasty? And you can look at the link and see just how uh, nasty he was with, um, with Daquan. So I'm going to go ahead and share this link for you uh, so that you'll be able to see it um, in case you haven't seen it. You'll be able to see the whole interaction and you'll see the sergeant boldly and proudly identify himself as uh, Sergeant Robert Patterson. And then he used some very profane language in dealing with um, young Daquan. So I want to know, what did Chief Tom Bond do? Because he said he had some concerns about the way the officers were dealing with uh, Daquan, but I don't know ultimately what action, if any, was taken. And see, that's the problem when you file a, a personnel complaint. You never, ever find out, really, if any action was taken against that officer. And so we need to be vigilant, much like we were, you guys. I'm really proud of the work that I like to think we all played a hand in that Timothy Lohman situation because... I talked about it here, and I know that Black Lives Matter movement was very um, much vocal in terms of opposition against Timothy. Now, I'm talking about Timothy Lohman, the cop that uh, killed 12-year-old Tamir Rice. He quit his job. He, uh, they didn't fire him, so he lives to offend again. And listen, he's been trying to get hired here, there, and everywhere, so I suspect that he's not done. But at least he succumbed to the pressure. Uh, he didn't like the attention, and so he decided to quit Bel Air. Ohio Police Department. And, and I would imagine that he will surface uh, like the snake he is. Uh, we just have to keep beating the grass and be on the lookout for him when he does. And so much the same way, we need to give some special attention to Sergeant Robert Patterson of the Southport Police Department. And we want to know, Chief Tom Vaughn, what are you going to do about that officer and the poor way in which he dealt with Mr. Daquan Dean, who I understand is still dealing with um, medical issues as a result of being um, manhandled in a, in a rough way, arrested, having some, some issues with feeling in his hand or numbness. And so, you know, this young man's got some stuff that he's got to deal with now. And you guys don't get to just uh, say, oops, my bad and walk away. So 
let us pay attention to Southport Police Department. And remember what I said the last time we were together, that every police department, they either have a Twitter account or they have a Facebook account. And I know for a fact that Southport Police in Indianapolis is on Facebook. And so please, please uh, tag Chief uh, Vaughn and ask him what's up. The next um, thing that I want to talk a little bit about, I want to touch on very quickly because I get this all the time, you guys, all the time. People are wanting to know why the good cops aren't reporting the bad cops. And so I'm just going to name off a couple of people who I actually know, who I've come to know, um, good, good police officers who did step up, who did speak out and either had to quit, had to leave. Um, Joe Crystal in Baltimore had to leave that department and that city. Uh, and moved to another state uh, to find employment because he was being uh, treated so unfairly and actually was concerned for his life. Uh, there's a lady by the name of Kathy Swilly, Swiley, S-W-I-L-L-E-Y, Kathy, Catherine, Kathleen, Kathy. She goes by Kathy. She was a former Houston Police Department, I believe, sergeant. Google her. Uh, there was a change.org petition that speaks to her story and what happened to her. I tried to find out where she is right now real time, and I don't know what happened to her. I don't know the sister personally, but I know that they treated her foul over at the Houston Police Department. Carol Holloman Horn, uh, my sister girlfriend uh, from Buffalo, New York Police Department, had a partner who was roughing up a handcuffed suspect. She said something about it. Her partner immediately turned, hit her in the face, broke her nose. They fired her, left him on the department. He lived to offend again. And then eventually he violated enough civil rights of folks that they finally had to go ahead and let him retire on that pension. Hey, Derek, Brandon, I see you. So uh, then there's a young man by the name of Mayton Dunlop, who I've come to know. And Mayton is in, in the midst of litigation. I mentioned him last week. I didn't talk about his department because I didn't have the okay from him to do that. But he is, he is currently a Maryland state trooper. He has been off work for three years because he too complained about some racial intolerance that was going on on the Maryland State Troopers Department. And so they manufactured a reason to accuse him of some misconduct, which was also criminal. And now Mayton is fighting for his, his life, actually. Uh, he has a criminal trial coming up uh, in... Ooh... Tomorrow, October 18th, I believe is his trial. So that's going on with Mayton Dunlop, Maryland State Trooper, who spoke up. And then I had a young lady reach out to me on Facebook by the name of Toya Hamilton. And so she just quit. Toya couldn't take um, the abuse, the harassment uh, that she was dealing with on her police department. And so she's just kind of sitting out right now and um, trying to get her life together. And so, you know, I want to talk just real quickly because I like talking about what I'm going through right now. And I want to talk about it. Uh, I'm going to talk about it probably pretty regularly. So guys, just be patient with me. I too am in the midst of litigation because I report it as I do. I've always been outspoken. And so, you know, I used to work for the Los Angeles Unified School District up until 2016 when they created a reason to fire me because I wouldn't sit still and just be quiet, right? And so I just want to I just want to say something and remember that's my next book coming out black and blue the creation of a whistleblower. I'm going to help others who are going through the same kind of thing that I went through 
understand that process of what it's like to fight a superpower. And the Los Angeles Unified School District is the second largest district in the nation. So they, like the LAPD, are very, very powerful. And when they were doing to me what they were doing to me, I was trying to get assistance internally. I went to the superintendent, which at that time was a black woman, Michelle King, the first black woman to ever head the LAUSD. And I went to her and tried to get some assistance and said, hey, sister girl, they're, they're discriminating against me. They're harassing me. And now that I'm bringing it to the attention of others outside of the office of the inspector general, I'm being retaliated against. And Michelle King did nothing. And so what happened was, well, she didn't do nothing. She didn't do nothing to help me. But what she did do was she did condone corruption, conspiracy, collusion, and cover-up in the Los Angeles Unified School District. And she allowed over 40 individuals in the LAUSD to do nothing but full-time try to come up with anything that they could against me. And so this is why I speak the way that I do, because unless you've ever been through that, folks, it's easy to say, why don't the good cops tell? Who wants to lose a job? I lost a job. I lost a job. But I'm a fighter and I'm honorary and I'm not going to be quiet about it, right? And so I just want to bear with me. I just want to read off the names, because I like to do that, and the titles of the 40 plus people at the Los Angeles Unified School District who each had a job and a hand in coming up with something to fire me so that you understand on your job, whenever it should happen to you or if it should happen to you and heavy hitters come after you, just know that this is how they get down and be ready for the marathon that is going to be the fight that you're going to be in. So this, these are the people on the Los Angeles Unified School District. And see, I don't have a problem naming them because, you know, the argument against slander and libel is if you're telling the truth, well, then you're telling the truth. And so I'm just telling the truth, right? And I'm not editorializing. I'm just telling you that these people, and I know these names because, see, in the midst of my litigation, we did a thing called, you know, request discovery. And discovery means that, the school district has to give us everything that they have relative to me. And so when they, when we requested the discovery, they sent me like 10,000 pages. And some of it was redundant. Some of it was the same stuff, six and seven, 12 times. But I didn't have nothing to do but go through all 10,000 pages. And every now and then I'd come across a nugget or a name of somebody who never thought that I would see exactly how busy and how hard they were working behind the scenes to fire me. So real quickly, Deputy Superintendent Earl Perkins, Deputy Superintendent Vivian Ekchian, General Counsel, that means he is the attorney for the Los Angeles Unified School District, General Counsel David Holmquist, and then several of his little minions, his little associate generals like uh, General Counsel Lynn Ibarra, uh, Chief Administrative Law and Litigation Counsel, Kathleen Kate Collins, Associate General Counsel, Charlie Hill, Associate General Counsel, Alex Molina, Supervising EEO Investigator. This is the lady who's supposed to investigate claims uh, made by employees of discrimination and harassment. Yeah, Cheryl Broussard. I went to Cheryl Broussard to report 
that I was being retaliated and harassed. And instead of Cheryl Broussard investigating my complaint, she joined what I call the Dorsey Task Force, along with Chief of Human Resources, Justo Avila, uh, the Director of Integrated Disability Management, Don Watkins, Senior Human Resource Representative, Lori Gossett, Digital Forensic Investigator, Kevin Cheney. Now they needed Kevin because they were trying to find something on my district issued laptop to say that I was violating policy. But I'm not done. There's more. Uh, Kathy Kelly, Jean Johnson, Jakira Terrence, Carla Gould, Staff Services Manager, Melinda LaDuff Menifee, who I'm very fond of. Dr. Ira Berman, Thelma Melendez, Francis Gibson, Nicole Elam Ellis, Jefferson Crane, Donna Gillibrand, Kent Kuniyoshi, Carolyn Argueta, Vera Gutierrez. Vera Gutierrez is the lady who's in charge of the parking structure. And so they were trying to figure out when I would enter and when I would leave the building and the parking structure to try to accuse me of time fraud or leave it early or some foolishness. So they had young Vera Gutierrez give them my in and out when I would badge my way in and out. Lisa Clayton, Tony Tosello, Isola Ortega, and OIG, Office of Inspector General, Principal Analyst, little Sarah Zamora. She was responsible for monitoring all of my social media. So Sarah, if you're watching, I appreciate you. Isila Ortega, Richard Zavala, Myrna Berrigan, and I didn't even tell you the three who started this, which are the three people at the top of the office of the Inspector General, the Inspector General, Ken Bramlett, who was shown the door uh, in September, in June of this year, because he allowed so much foolishness to go on in our office. You can Google Ken Bramlett and see why the board members decided not to renew his investigation or not to renew his contract, probably because of the trouble that I've started and continue to keep going. Ken Bramlett, Inspector General, his Deputy Inspector General, Frank J. Kabibi, and the supervising, in, the supervising investigator in the Office of the Inspector General, Jorge Urijo. All of these individuals came after me, just me, just little old me. I'm David and LAUSD is Goliath. And this, this is why those names that I just read off are why police officers, nurses, teachers, librarians, and anybody else who has a complaint about being treated poorly by a supervisor may not say anything. They may not say anything because you're going to have, well, you may not have 40 people like I did. I mean, they wasn't playing with me. <laughs> they pulled out all the heavy hitters. And so, yeah, that's why people don't say anything. Because if you're responsible and you're a head of a household and you need to um, pay a mortgage, utilities, lights, water, gas, it's very difficult to be under that kind of scrutiny. But I'm just, I'm honoring y'all and I just, I won't shut up. And so we, we're going to talk about this some more. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention them some more. Now, on to when I first started, there was a young man that reached out to me. And he was really upset because there was a lot of publicity and a lot of talk about black folks who had been hurt by the police, killed by the police, and nobody was really talking about his good friend. And so I want to address that because this was the very first person that reached out to me. And I think about this young man all the time. Uh, his name is Robert Cameron Reedus. And I don't know Cameron, obviously. They call him Cameron. 
but Cameron was shot and killed by a police officer by the name of Christopher Carter in 2013. Cameron was a university student and he was approached by this uh, police officer who at the time was working for a university called Incarnate Word. Incarnate Word University. Christopher Carter was a corporal over there. And long story short, Cameron had been drinking. He was drunk and um, Officer Carter, former Officer Carter, got into a situation with him and they got into a scuffle and uh, there's a link that um, will probably be shared with you as well. And when you see uh, Christopher Carter, you understand why he, he didn't really want to fight too long with Cameron. So he shot, shot him six times and killed him. And so in um, 2015, it was reported that um, after being fired, well, take that back. He wasn't fired. He was given the gift of, gift of resignation. So he resigned. Christopher Carter resigned from Incarnate Word University Police Department. Grand jury cleared him of any wrongdoing. And of course, I'm sure they threw buckets of money at the family. And in the meantime, Christopher Carter, like every other uh, misfit, like Timothy Lohman, like um, Eric Casebold, who I talked about, has been applying for police departments all over town. He's applied for 25 different positions. And thus far, as best I can tell from Googling, he has not been able to get any kind of a job, but he's trying mightily. And so this is what happens uh, when bad police officers are given the gift of resignation and there's no paper trail, there's no reason for anyone to be concerned. Or even if they are concerned, they just give them a job anyway, like the police chief did over in Bel Air, Ohio. He said little Timothy Lohman needed a second chance and deserved one because there were no criminal charges. And so he hired him and like they did Betty Shelby over there in uh, the sheriff's department where she's working right now after she resigned from Tulsa when she shot and killed Terrence Crutcher. So this stuff goes on and listen, with 18,000 police departments, there's probably a whole bunch of Christopher Carters, Betty Shelby's, Timothy Lomans running around out there who couldn't do it, who, who were ill-fitted, ill-suited, but found their way to another police department because it was easier for the police chief to just bring them on board rather than really do their due diligence and do a thorough and proper background investigation. Now, because I've had so many different people reach out to me and share different stories with me, I want to acknowledge that and, and those that I can do a little research on myself because I'm not going to report on anything that I haven't done my due diligence on. And I want to, as best I can, try to validate and verify the authenticity of a story before I share it with you. But I had a lady by the name of Jacqueline Jetton, J-E-T-T-O-N. I hope I'm pronouncing it right, Jacqueline. I appreciate you. She is a new subby, a new subscriber on YouTube. And she was reading and listening to my story about Timothy Lohman and the second chance that he was given. And she mentioned to me, the there was a young man by the name of Bryce Masters, 17 years old last year, who was tasered by Independence Police Department Officer Timothy Runnels. Now, Independence PD might be familiar to you because that's where Timothy Lohman had worked, where they asked him to leave before he was hired by Cleveland. So here's another Timothy. This time it's Timothy Runnels who's working for Independence Ohio Police Department. Now, he stops young Bryce. I don't know why. It was a traffic stop. And he, he walked up to the window and he asked young Bryce if um, he'd roll down the window and, and young Bryce 
wasn't rolling the window down quick enough. He was on the passenger side talking to him at that point. So this officer Runnels goes around to the driver's side and he's asking the kid, you know, to get out now because he's mad, right? So we got a whole contempt to cop thing going on. You guys know what I'm talking about when you piss one of them off, right? So now Timothy Runnels, he's hot. So he's telling Bryce to get out the car and Bryce is asking him, why officer, what did I do? And the reason that Bryce is asking him, why officer, what did I do? That was really his only crime was just asking why. But the reason young Bryce was asking why is because his dad is a cop. His dad is a cop and he told him, you know, when the police stop you to ask him, ask him why they stopped you. Well, this just pissed little Timothy Runnels off. So what he did was, long story short is, he grabbed Bryce, pulled him out the car, tasered him, which caused Bryce to go into cardiac arrest. He actually died. He was dead for eight minutes. Now, they were able to bring Bryce back, but he has suffered permanent brain damage as a result of that because he didn't get out of the car quick enough because he didn't provide his ID because he didn't roll his window all the way down because he was found guilty and dealt with holding court curbside with an officer, Timothy Runnels, who decided to find Bryce Masters guilty of contempt of cop, which is not unlike what is going on right now up in San Mateo, California. And I hope I don't mispronounce uh, my brother's name, Chinedu Valentine Okobi. On August 3rd, he was um, seen running in and out of traffic and there's some talk about maybe some mental illness issues and he too was tasered, went into cardiac arrest, only he died. He died. And so there's a lot being said about um, this use of force right now on social media and in other places. Um, there's an attorney, obviously, the family has, and they, they've got questions about this use of force. And so let me just say this, because every loss of life is tragic, and it's unfortunate that Mr. Okobi lost his life. But this is why it's so important when I speak and I talk about comply and complain, and I talk about, you know, you want to live through the encounter. Now, I get that, you know, maybe he didn't comply because he has some mental issues and he wasn't 100%. But it's very important for you to comply and complain because that unknown thing that I can never guarantee is the officer who stops you and what they might do when you don't comply. I want you to live to complain, to file a police report, to write a letter to internal affairs. I want you to do everything that you can do so that you don't make your family the next millionaire in your town. Because believe me, um, it's my belief that this family will, will get paid large sums of money and um, this, this gentleman is, is gone now. Um, but you know, sometimes police officers have to use force. And you know, I've been in a uniform for 20 years and I have had people run for me, I've had people fight me, and at the end of the day, trust me when I tell you, I wanna go home, I wanna go home. And so if you fight me, then bad things could happen. Now, there's probably a lot to be known about this case. Um, they're still investigating and things are just starting to come out. But if there's um, anyone within earshot of what I'm saying to you, when the police engage you, even if you're wrong, if you are dead A wrong, just take your lumps. Take your lumps. Because when you don't, 
we have examples of, of what happens, like Eric Garner, who didn't want to turn around and get handcuffed. Like Sam DeBose, who took off because he didn't have a front plate on his car and didn't want to be stopped. Police will kill you. Police will hurt you. Police will taser you. And you might die for eight minutes. And you might come back with brain damage. So comply and then complain. I'll continue to follow this story with Mr. Okobi. Um, and uh, I'll report back to you as I hear. But what I'm hearing right now sounds like the use of force was justified. It was less lethal. It was a taser. There were four or five officers who had been wrestling and tussling with this gentleman, trying to get him into custody. And for my LAPD family who are on here with me, you know what it's like to fight with uh, someone who's uh, mentally ill. You know what it's like. You know how strong a mentally ill person can be. And so in this instance, I mean, you know, they didn't shoot him. I'm sure they were thinking that, you know, we don't want to do that. Whatever we do, we don't want to, we don't want to fire a weapon. We will use less lethal. We'll taser him. And did this gentleman have some kind of predeposed situation medically that would cause his heart to um, give out? I don't know. I don't know. Was he on something? I don't know. But again, when you don't comply, bad things happen. And so this in, in, in this instance, and I know that, you know, there's a group out there that they think every use of force is a bad one and police should never use any. But I don't take issue with this use of force. And so let the record be clear. I don't take issue. You know, I try to be fair and balanced and I, I don't have a dog in the fight. You know, I just tell you what I know um, based on my 20 years in a uniform, based on my 20 years as a patrol officer and a patrol sergeant. And I'm not really... Before you guys start sending me a whole bunch of stuff on YouTube, I'm not really looking for any agreement. I don't need concurrence. I'm just telling you, as a patrol supervisor, that that was a reasonable use of force given what's out there right now. Gentlemen running in and out of traffic, not complying. Officers are trying to gain control and take him into custody, use less than lethal force, and he had a heart attack. It's unfortunate. And so to his family, my condolences, my prayers, folks, comply and complain. Because when you don't, police departments have no problem paying large sums of money to your family members once you're gone. And it's not even the police department, in case you don't know, it's really, it's the taxpayer. It's you who are listening to me. Um, that wind up paying those settlements and they pay big monies and they do it without batting an eye. For instance, Ezell Ford in Los Angeles killed by LAPD, 1.5 million. Eric Garner, 4 million. Zachary Hammond, young white kid who was shot and killed, um, 2.1 million to his mom. Sam DeBose, his family, uh, got 4.8 million. And by the way, interesting story about Sam DeBose, the officer who shot and killed him, his name is Ray Tenzing. And the FOP out there uh, protested and um, they went after the police department for terminating Ray Tenzing. And guess what? Ray Tenzing, although he got fired, he also got $250,000. He got $250,000. So understand, there's money to be had. They will kill you. And they will pay. And they won't blink an eye. So, something to think about. As um, 
I continue to acknowledge and receive um, questions and people saying, hey, can you come to my town? I am about to launch, and I said I was going to talk about this today, so I'm about to launch a, a speaking tour. Comply and Complain is my speaking tour, and I'm going to be coming to a city near you real soon. And so I'm going to be giving you more information about that. People are asking, when am I coming to Detroit? Uh, we'll put you on the list. Uh, I, I think I want to start in Dallas based on the things that are going on. I'm, I'm looking at Dallas, Detroit, Chicago, Shreveport, Louisiana, and uh, maybe even Florida to start. And so I'm going to need your help. I'm going to need you to help me help you. And so when I come, we're not going to do a whole lot of talking about what's going on because you guys already know. You read the papers and stuff comes across your news feed just like it does mine. What I want to do is I want to tell you what I think, what I know would help keep you safe. I want to give you some, some tools, some suggestions, some recommendations about what to do, how to comport yourself when you're interacting with the police, understanding that everybody wants to go home. The goal is for each side to walk away the same way that encounter began. And so as I take steps to solidify this speaking tour, and if any of you want me to come to your city, um, you know how to reach me. You've been reaching out and telling me the things that concern you. Continue to do that as we set up a map, if you will, for the places that we're going to go to first, the places that we're going to go to first, and the things that I'm going to need from you to help me help you. So thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to my podcast. And for those of you who don't know, Sergeant Dorsey Speaks, I'm on iHeart, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn iTunes, you can listen to me on the wireless speaker system, Alexa and Sonos. And yesterday I dropped a new podcast. My podcasts come out every Tuesday. And so listen to me both places because I will say things here that are very different from what I say on my podcast and vice versa. So I want everybody to you know, get a little nugget here, get a little nugget there. I try not to be redundant. I try to be fresh and different uh, on my social media platforms. And so when I'm done here, because I know a lot of people are not on Facebook, I'm going to upload this to my YouTube family, my subbies, so that they too get to hear what it is um, that I have to say that will certainly increase the possibility of you surviving that police stop. So, follow me on YouTube, Sergeant Dorsey Speaks, Sergeant Dorsey Speaks on Twitter, Sergeant Dorsey Speaks on Instagram, Sergeant Dorsey Speaks on Facebook, my website, www.SergeantCherylDorsey.com. You can go there and you can get redirected to all of the places that I just named from my website. You can also purchase my book which gives you some of the information that um, I'll be sharing when I come out to your city so that you'll have it um, real time and you can refer to it. You can share it with your loved ones to help keep them safe. You can purchase an autographed copy of my book. And some of you have been doing that. And I really appreciate 
you um, going and purchasing that. And uh, I usually try to get the book out to you within a couple of days of, um, of your order so that it's a timely response. If you just want a book and you aren't interested in it being autographed, you can do that on Amazon as well. So until next time, be good and be safe. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. You have been listening to the Sergeant Dorsey Speaks podcast, produced by the Get Global Network. Please take time to subscribe to the podcast on podcast platforms like iTunes, TuneIn, Spotify, Google Podcast, Spreaker, Stitcher, and many other platforms. The podcast is also available on the Alexa and Sonus wireless speaker systems. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.